Hey, look at that. Shopsketchcraft.com. Shopsketchcraft.com. Yo, Brandon. Yes, sir. Check it out, man. This is the part of the show where I uh, I self-promote shamelessly. You like that? Oh, yes. Shamelessly self-promotion. So, shopsketchcraft.com is a place where you can go to buy stuff. And look, it looks just like this. This is the site right here. This is the store. Look at all this, Brandon. Look at all the stuff you're not allowed to buy. Yeah, as I say, I can go there. I'm just not allowed to purchase anything. That's right. That's 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 gosh John right. <laughs> You've been you can't like you can't get this Rick and Morty tribute print. <laughs> you, ne- you never get huh? this. You're never gonna get that. You're never gonna get this battle toads. Uh, and look, I got lots of good reviews, folks, because you know why? I hook up. I hook up my audiences, right? I hook up my fans. I make mm-hmm. sure you guys get good quality stuff. Uh, at such a reasonable price, I can only buy coffee with the proceeds, which I'm currently drinking away the proceeds right now. Isn't that amazing, Brandon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, if I don't start making some money soon, there's not going to be a whole lot more coffee to go around. Them, them grounds can only be reused so many times, Brandon. So if you want to help me buy some new coffee grounds, keep the pots of coffee flowing around here at uh, Casa de Sketchcraft. Just to go check where, Brandon, where can they go? ShopSketchCraft.com. Oh, that's so awesome. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. It's the sh- 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 <laughs> Hey, Brandon, you ever eat a decent meal and then you can't talk afterward? Because you're uh, like a food coma. I guess I'm not in a coma, but I did have some rice, so I'm a little puffy. Oh, okay. So I got a little bit of that, a little bit of some Thai food for dinner today. So splurge. And I'm a little, I'm a little marble mouthed, little blah 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 blah. So it's the way it Fair works. Enough. Uh, what's going on with you, dude? What's up with life? I <laughs> hmm? uh, I've been a busy bee working multiple jobs and trying to stay artistically motivated. So that's what's been going on with me. You slacking off again? No, not at all. I'm hmm. just trying to balance the time and the responsibilities and doing better than I did years past mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know, where you would have to really check in on me and be on my booty, so to speak, but mm-hmm. definitely doing better than the past. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm reminded of the year Brandon spent. There was an entire year Brandon spent where he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, started around the time I first moved up here. And by the following winter, I think I yelled at you on the phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> almost yeah, I mean, you yelled at me plenty of times, but yes. Mm, 
Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. I gave you a it was, choice. It was a verbal scolding. It's what we call a watershed moment. <laughs> yeah, we don't. And look at this. Look at now. When you hurt your arm and you can't draw, you look at all those years, all that time you could have been spending getting stuff done. You ever, you ever kick yourself when you think about all the time you could have got shit done, but then you didn't do it because you were just moping? Yes. <laughs> we're down to one word answers, aren't we, Brandon? That's going to be for a very <laughs> interesting podcast. <laughs> no, there's, you know, it's, it's one of those like, hey, you could have took advantage of the situation kind of thing. And, you know, I learned stuff, but I didn't really put it into full practice as I should have you know, with you and, you know, it was a, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of it was at first just your ego fighting it thinking, Oh, I don't need to practice that. Or I don't need to do that. Cause you think you know better, but you know, you don't. And just like a bad diet or anything you fight and you're against, you know, I was super fat for years. And I was like, eh, at least I'm a big guy. I'm tall. You know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I carry that weight. Well, and just like with the art, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I sold a bunch of prints at con. I sold all these paintings. I made a bunch of money. I don't need to learn this stuff. And then, then, and then one day, diabetes sets in. <laughs> it all comes crashing down around you. Artistic you had, diabetes. Artistic diabetes. <laughs> I could just see the, the way advocacy groups coming after me now. You know, that's all fucking right. sketchcraft is just trying to shame everybody. Like, no. Oh man, yeah. man. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, well, you know, you're trying sometimes, right? Are you? Are you trying? I haven't been following you. <laughs> yes. You better be fucking trying, yes, Brandon. Like, <laughs> tell everybody what you have me do now. What do I have? What do I have you do? I would, so, I would love so, to know what I have you do because I don't think you write this down. So why don't oh, you I tell do. me? So since Rob thinks that I I slack sometimes, he now has me send him text message pictures of things that I do as far as art That's you know, true. upload to his YouTube, upload on his DeviantArt, working on this Mega Man piece. So, well, you, you know, Brandon, uh, when I went uh, last month to Seattle, my wife and I, we hadn't been away from the home for like an entire week since we moved here. Uh -huh. So we went and uh, looked at a bunch of different home cameras I could set up and the best deal I could find that was a pain to set up on my own end, but worked brilliantly and didn't cost as much was using these Amazon cloud cameras. Okay. So you can set them up. They're reasonably cheap. I think I got them for like 69 bucks or 60 bucks a pop as opposed to like a 300 or $400 system. And you have to right. manually hook up the software and kind of tether them together through an inter ethernet. But once you get it all working, uh, you can set up so, you know, when people come to the front door, the back door, wherever you put it, or indoors, we have a few set up around the house, uh, my phone goes off and I can see who's at the who's at the front door, what my dog's doing in the middle of the night, right? So Is, I, is, is leading, do you going to put one in my <laughs> I sort of have that now. We have phase one where I have you manually send me photos of what you've been doing. <laughs> and if that doesn't work... Yeah, we might have to get you a cloud cam, like a GoPro. You can just look, tater I'm cam. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna work on art in my underwear if that's the case. So you don't watch me. No, 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 no. I just want it on your head so I can see what you're doing. I don't want to see <laughs> you. <laughs> you're gonna put a fucking GoPro on my head as I yeah. work. Yeah, a tater pro or. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spud cam. 
Goodness. I'll just click it on and go, you're not drawing. I have like a little, little microphone speaker in there. Like. <laughs> Next, we'll have a contraption behind me where it just hits me in the back like a smack. Like, wake up, keep going. Maybe a mister system, too. You didn't dry your back, Brandon. You're just putting on a shirt over your wet back. Use the towel properly. <laughs> so, Rob, what's been going on with you? No, I like this conversation. I could do this for an hour. <laughs> you know, I'm not Kyle, saying Kyle, it. Kyle, Kyle Wright says, can we go fund me a spud can? Uh, yes. <laughs> Tater vision. You know, mm-hmm. I have a Twitch. You guys, you can watch me on. You know, that's good. That's good enough. You guys can watch me on my Twitch at Mega Potato Show. That's as good as you get. You get me in my front room with my pit bull hmm. playing video games. That's good hmm. enough. That's good enough. Hmm. I don't know about that. Doesn't seem as really? much fun for me. You know, <laughs> it's a one-sided. You would say that, right, Brandon? Oh yes, it's very I'm one-sided, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's very one-sided. Yeah. Rob is always right. When Rob isn't right, mm. he'll tell you he's right. No, that's not true. I admit when I'm wrong, but I still demand the right thing to be done. So if I'm doing the wrong thing, I correct it. I think that's more accurate. <laughs> I just don't do the wrong thing often anymore because I've made those mistakes. Whereas Brandon continues to just swim in the pool of mistakes and just, you know, you know, just kind of flutter still, around there. You got you to marinate the potatoes. I soak. You sow <laughs> the potatoes. It's a brain of mistakes. Yeah. Hmm. What has been going on? Uh, so I I could talk about some stuff. So I start uh, full-time Monday, or technically Sunday night, uh, but Monday on a, on a new game for Game Studio, so that's Whoa. good. Be my second game now. It's an unannounced title. You'll never know if these games actually come out, but they developed them. So, but that's good though. You know, that's and again, it's work I was asked to join in on, so that's always exciting. You know, Um, don't know how long that'll last, but you know, eventually you got to panhandle. You know, (laughs) you got to send out those emails and go, please. You know, but uh, for now, you know, it's interesting. It's nice, and that's going somewhere between three and six months or so. Nice. So yeah, you never you never know when a studio is going to go under or drop you or anything like that. I mean, that's not nothing in that industry is guaranteed, right? You know, Brandon, nothing in life is guaranteed, but there's just a perception. In my industry, that yeah, it can definitely go under. Whereas everyone thinks Walmart will just be there, but it won't. One day Walmart will go too. It's impossible. Say that to Montgomery Wards and Toys R Us. You know, I was there for that shit. Um, so, so that's cool. But that's you know requiring me to to filter out a few smaller projects. So I wrapped up some design work for a buddy. I did some trade. Our friend of the show, David Vitas, he did the. Uh, the Game Cave theme song for me a few years back. Oh, right? nice. Yeah. And so he's doing this whole musical thing where, I don't know, he's going to go out there with the chameleon mask on. You know, all these dead mouse kids, you know? Uh-huh. It's his generation. So um, he's got this whole raver thing he's doing as a DJ or I don't know. And so he was like, I need a logo and design. He's like, do you know anybody? 
who could do that? And I'm like, I do. But nobody replied back to me. I got personal phone calls or nothing. <laughs> and then he tells me, he's like, I've been trying to hit people up and no one wants to even reply. He's like, what's up with artists and saying they need work and they don't, don't ever apply, reply to it? And I'm like, I tried to explain to him, I'm like, well, a lot of artists can either work for people who are paying real money or work for fans, you know? So right. the spot commission work for individual people just end up becoming more of a, what do you call that? More of a nightmare. You ever do uh, commission work for someone personally? And it, remember that time you made a map? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell a story? Brad? I have some coffee here. I want to enjoy it. So I want you to tell everyone, maybe new to the show, about the time Brandon made a map. Well, I'll preface it with, you know, I appreciate the person coming to me to offer me money for a job. That's always... That's always nice. Mm, good, good, good cover. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, he was nice at first. Um, he looked through all my work, said, hey, maybe sometime you could do uh, a pinup in my book. I could pay you or you could do some kind of work in one of my books. I was like, awesome. So a little time goes by and he messaged me. He's like, hey, can you do a map in my book? And I'm like, at what point of looking at my art at the time, Correlated to him being like, yes, that guy could definitely do a map. So hmm. me needing the money, I'm like, yeah, I could do a map. I do a couple tries, a couple back and forth. <laughs> He's like, I hate this. I hate everything <laughs> about it. He, I don't like Brandon, anything. You're maybe. quoting him, right? Like yes, he was not nice. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I am quoting him dead on. He said, I think this might have been a mistake. I probably shouldn't have tried to hire you to do it. And so I'm like, now. I'm oh, like, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, kind of, it's like when you see, it's like, you got to slow down to view the wreck sometime, right, Brandon? I feel, like, I feel like we had a very nice night. I stayed over. He woke up, rolled over in the bed and said, what the fuck am I looking at? And he felt like he hit rock bottom. That's how I felt. And then he pulled the Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura. Remember when? He realized Finkel was Einhorn, yes. and Einhorn was yes. Finkel. <laughs> he took a plunger to his face. Now, he, I said, okay, what exactly are you wanting? And he gave me the most like iconic yet generic map ideas ever. He gave me the Lord of the Rings map. These are all hand-drawn. Like, like, these are all hand-drawn deep illustrated maps and RPG like, style RPG style I mean like intricate wild giant maps penmanship you know, like like little dots and stippling yes. and like oh, almost like yes. wood engraving you know get that kind of feel it was like I was and I looked at it and I was like all right so I needed the money and I hit you I said Rob can I is there some way I can just give you some of the money can you just get me the ball rolling here just help me out a little and you know i'm like because then i showed you all this stuff and you were just like man what a what a not nice guy to handle that you know and so well to be fair uh to you uh, he should never say i hate this you know like there's ways to fucking work with people that are like look even if it's like hey it's not going the way i think i got someone else who can do it let me get it what would you know let me give you a kill fee. It's with, you know, 20, 40, 50 bucks be enough to, you know, for your time. And right. you probably would have been like, hey, you know, that sucks. Would have liked to finish it, but I understand, you know. 
Right. And I would have been fine with it. Right. I mean, I would have been like, all right, 20 bucks, sure. But he was Thanks. like, fucking hate this. Oh, he's like, <laughs> this is the worst. I really, I think I made a mistake asking you to do this. I mean, it wasn't like, hey. I'd rather see you nude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, I lit my, he's like, I lit my eyeballs on fire after seeing this. Yeah, it was just, I was like, there was no constructive criticism whatsoever. It was just like, you fucking suck. And I don't, and I don't think he'd, you owe me money. I don't think he paid you yet either. No. Yeah, so he was just saying all that shit when there wasn't even money on the table. <laughs> right. So. He, was just, he was just like, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to knock you down a peg or two. And so, uh, you know, I probably should find, I, I might have a copy of the book too. So maybe I could find a, a copy to post on the, or show on the gram next week on the thing. But yeah. And then, so I hit you up and you came, you gave me a little bit of like, uh, you gave me some 3d design work of it just to show me how the mountains would go and how some things would be. And then I had to go and fill in the trees and the things like that. And it got to a point where he accepted it. Cause I think like he was either close to his deadline or he didn't want to go through another artist after that. But he grudgingly, he was like, said something like that'll do. And I felt like, I felt <laughs> and like I added Bear. that'll do pig, right? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, just pat me on the head and give me a fucking treat. Like, geez. I was like, all right, that's, that's cool. Thanks. That's an ego boost. And then I saw him at the show, a comic con once he had it printed out and he was like, Hey man, here's your free copy. You know? And I was just, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be a dick, but at that point I was just like, cool. Thanks a lot. You know, I appreciate it. Thanks for mm. giving me the opportunity. The opportunity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the now, opportunity to get ridiculed. You know, <laughs> I will, I will say, you know, that now that you brought that, I'll say that is one of my topics that I said, is there a commission that, me, I personally regretted, or you have regretted, Rob, and I forgot about that. The fact that you brought that up, like that's that is the commission I regret doing because it would have been fine, like you said, if he would have just killed it. Like, hey, you know what? It's not going to work. Different direction. Do you mind if I just kick you a twenty for your time? Here's a, or you can get a pizza with it. Whatever. I would have been mm-hmm. okay. You know, not so bad, but like, fuck destroy your tablet, cut off your hand, go kill yourself. I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to use my tears to finish this map up for you. So that is definitely a commission I regret doing. Do you have a similar commission you regret, Rob? Uh, Not similar, but a commission you... I regret nothing, Brandon. Oh, not, there's not one piece of art or one job that you took that you were like, man, I hated this. That time I helped you with a map. <laughs> uh, I can show you because I quit it. So let me open up. So I got hit up uh, around August of 2008, 10 years ago, by some guys that wanted to put together a presentation for Fox TV. They had a presentation for a show uh, they got greenlit on the idea. He had a friend who did some initial art, and they wanted him to present. And then his friend who did the art bailed for whatever reason, and he didn't have an artist to further it out. And he was calling it Pretty Ugly Girls. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. All right. I know. It's t- times have changed, Brandon, in 10 years. So his idea was that it would be like these all these girls that were like in a... 
You know those circus girls, like the bearded lady and the, oh, okay. yeah, the, I get you. the creature from the Black Lagoon as a chick or something. And oh, so, okay. yeah. So, right. let me see if I can dig. Yeah, I know. And so <laughs> he sent me a bunch of, of ideas. Or, sorry, reference, right? Uh, it's been 10 years, right? So I can show this stuff off. Let me go to the Cintiq. So this is like some of the stuff that they had produced, which has a little bit of a Simon Bisley feel to it. And uh, I don't know why he picked me honest. I don't draw anything like this. So, uh. right, this was their stuff that they had already done. They're kind of like drawn over photos of chicks with ending card and two faces. These are all from photos. So That's actually from a Simon Bisley art, so he stole that. I know that piece now. So that's actually a piece of stolen art. But whatever. So this is what they put together. And this guy went away. And then he said, hey, I'd like you to do some stuff. And they gave me some, you know, what do you think? And so I did these initial, uh, like, sketches. Uh-huh. This is old stuff, man. Like, these are initial little, like, body types and little different facial sketches here. And uh, you can see I kind of came up with, like, this mermaid chick who's got, like, water tits or something. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> right? You like that? Like, oh, yeah. he wanted the bearded lady where her mustache wrapped around her like, like a... Like a dress? dress yeah, like a go down the leg. Super muscular chick, I don't know. A pig chick. That's always good. Uh, whatever. So, so fight, and then, yeah, this was the the Siamese twin. One's a goth, one's a clueless thing or something. Anyhow, he hated this, man. I mean, the shit he gave back to me on that was just a fucking horrendous. I mean, it was a lot of the same thing. None of this works. It doesn't look anything like I'm like, well, first off, they're just sketches, you know? It's like right. a start. He's like, well, this really has to go down, and it has to look the, like the art. And I'm like, well, I don't draw like that guy. Yeah. You know, like, you're, perhaps I'm not the guy for this thing. He's like, no, 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 you're totally, you can be the guy. I can be the guy. So I said, look, I'm done. <clears throat> uh, keep the art. I'm out of here. You know, I don't even want to get paid. Yeah. You know, and it was just a waste of a month of my time. And at the time, I was working for play, but they initially gave me a... I wasn't officially on board with them in terms of staff. I was uh, I was given an upfront check for like $7,000 to start this Death Junior. And as long as I hit my milestones, I'd get paid. But there was no milestones to hit because there was no script. There was nothing for me to draw. So I got right. paid $7,000 in June in Southern California. And by August, I still have no, no further paychecks. Nothing was drawn beside my initial designs because there was no script and i had mm. quit a job that was i was making fifty thousand dollars a year over for that so after that uh i went to <laughs> long beach comic-con with joe and lost a lot of money and so then <laughs> this is not a fun time 10 years ago right, right yeah let's keep going on this path so <laughs> So I come away from that. That was the one time at a con I almost created a scene for myself because I was so pissed off when I showed up. Beyond the California traffic. Um, but right. I was already out of money and, you know, and it wasn't going well. And and I was just in a bad mood and this chick came up and I just, 
I was in the wrong, but we kind of both were, but I, I hold myself accountable because I could have ended it by just being nice. But she had, I don't remember what she had to say, but it was something like, I can't believe your prints are like $10. Like, that's so expensive. Or some shit like that. And I was just like, fucking, <laughs> I don't give a shit about these fucking people, man. You know? Like, right. like I just was not nice. She's like, you know, you gotta be nicer to people. I'm like, I don't have to do jack shit in life. You know what I mean? The sooner you fucking <laughs> right. learn that. Like, I wasn't even nice. If you didn't want to be here, you shouldn't even be here. I'm like, that's called Earth. We all shouldn't be here if we don't want to be here. Like, I start right. <laughs> You would think I was drinking. You know? But not really. You, you, you've talked to me when I get to that point right i sound like mm-hmm. the ravings of a drunk lunatic but i'm perfectly sober oh, just yeah. drunk on power so um what i did was i realized i'm gonna have a whole weekend of this if i don't stop it so i let joe keep the table that day and i went to the room early got myself a nice big frothy beard then i had the alcohol which makes me nicer i'm actually quite a happy little drunk so had my big beer went in passed the hell out got some sleep and the next day, just sat there with a smile on my face no matter what, you know? And managed to sell not much more. I think I made maybe a few sales. Not much. But um, I came home, set up a meeting with uh, Dave over at Play, and then I went down there and got myself a $36,000 a year job so to work from home. There you go. So, I remember when I went up there, the guy that Daniel Campisi, he used to work up there. He's the one who got me the job initially. He's like, so what are you doing up here? I'm like, well, I'm going to walk in there and get a job from Dave. And he's like, that ain't happening. I'm like, I assure you it's going to happen, or I'm going to walk out with his balls in my fucking fist. You know, like, like, either way, I'm coming out with a prize. You know, like, I was like, I will not leave that fucking office until they fucking pay me. And he was like, I've never seen that happen before. I'm like, well, you know, I, I had a good business plan. I actually sat down and did the math and presented numbers and options. and so It worked out. But then a year later... Year and a half later, the economy tanked, and we were all out of job anyway. So that's my commission story I took. And so now, I hold on. Now I never take a job in which someone says I could do something. I could be that guy, unless there's a tremendous amount of money. Right. So go ahead. Uh, Kyle says, Kyle Wright says, no regrets drawing three million different characters on the Rick and Morty commission. No, it's annoying that I did it twice. Because I had to draw it traditionally and then had to do digital inks. Uh, yeah. Right? And I didn't use the lasso tool for coloring at the time, so I had to manually draw all the shadows. Mm-hmm. Now I know how to do the whole thing, no problem. But no, no regrets. It's one of those things I set myself up so that I could get to this point where now I'm like, not even a problem. You know? But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> No, I like the trouble I create for myself. It's the trouble other people create for me that I'm not the biggest fan of. Hmm. On a lighter note, I will show you the first commission I ever took that I got yelled at. All right. Um, so I got hired to do my buddy. This was 2004, a year before I worked at T-shirts. Uh-huh. He, uh, he got this design gig doing uh he wanted a mascot for a scuba gear company and they wanted a mascot yeah scuba uh this was his initial little sketch that i did some stuff over but this is his his idea right he was gonna do one he wanted me to do these other ones and i just helped him punch up shapes this is for this thing called sealy and so i yeah i know and so i did some other ones there was a proof i did they hated that 
and I got extensive notes on how my art was horrible. And uh, they, I did. Here was another one that was yeah initial one. They didn't like that angle. And then there was one. I think it's cool. No, they they were unhappy. That was his sketch right there. And so they hated my art, and they wanted the, their original friend, which I was like, fine. So I just helped my friend clean it up, and that's the stuff I did recently. Um, mm. So like I had to clean that up. But I made this mistake of reading a book called The Graphic Designer's Guide to Contracts. This big book, and it would have these like contracts that you could set up, right? And it would tell you how to. That for Jessica years ago. Yeah, and it would tell you all these ways you could set it up. So when you go work for freelance, you won't get taken by the man. And so I had that thing all set up. So I went through this process. I cleaned out my friend's art, got it done. It was gonna be for like eight hundred bucks, and uh, I pull out that contract and send it over to him. Like, what is this? Fuck you. You know, I was like, fuck yeah. you. We're not doing dealing with this. We don't, you know, who the, who the hell do you think you are? Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was uh, so uh, I had to apologize, you know, in person. You know what I mean? Gave them the art. They kicked me 600 bucks instead of 800. And then I burnt that book. Like, I literally went to a bonfire <laughs> down at Balboa, uh, uh, sorry, Mission Bay. In San Diego, and they'd have all these different bonfires around there. People just, you know. So I walked up to one with some, you know, I had some canned beer. I said, hey, I have beer. They're like, yay. And I'm like, I'm going to burn this book. And they're like, perfect. And I tossed it in there. <laughs> <laughs> had a beer, and I'm like, fucking never again. So, yeah. Never send contracts to people. It's, uh, it's the first rule. <laughs> Anyhow, lesson learned. Fair enough. Sealy. That's a company called Aquasphere. I don't even know if they're still around. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Whatever. What else we got, Brandon? Okay. So, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of, I'll say this. Dark Phoenix trailer came out, okay? The new X-Men movie, which Mm. will probably be the last movie made before they reboot it for Marvel. My question is, if this movie was somehow super successful, okay, this Dark Phoenix movie, would that impact, you think, Marvel's plan nope. to reboot X-Men completely? Nope. No. Nope. Logan was not? super successful. They don't care. Yeah, but he died off before they... Had they aren't going to... Because I'm telling you right now, they're going to want to... They're not ha- I can already tell you Marvel isn't happy with the X-Men franchise. And I know this because I worked on the movies and I've heard Marvel representatives and back in, you know, Brandon, they don't, and the rules they create for the Fox stuff versus their own things are horrendous, are just... What do you mean by rules? Licensing rules. Things you can do, can't do, put things on shirts, faces you can use. Every one of those actors at Fox has a different contract than what they have at the MCU. They have a contract where they're able to use their likeness on anything and that's how it works. The actors don't get approval. It's oh, similar. Wow. It's similar to the Lucasfilm deal that he had with the actors. He got them. That's the character. They can use that. That's that. Now they might get an additional deal on certain things. So when they do like the Thor movie, if you use certain poses of Helmsworth, he might get an extra bonus. Uh-huh. You know. But on the X Men films, 
when I worked on the X Men Three merchandise, it was my first. It was my first comic book movie that I did uh, the t-shirts for. Every, uh, all the major stars each had their own personal approval of their likeness on a shirt. Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry. I'm like, who the fuck wants to put Storm on a shirt? I mean, not Storm, but Halle Berry's Storm on a fucking shirt, right. you know? So I was like, can we just put the Jim Lee Storm on there? Because that'll fucking sell. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> stupid shit. So they have a bunch of, each one of those actors has different rules and contracts and obligations. And and they're going to want to create um, something that they, they, they got people locked in for a certain amount of films. That they got people locked into certain licensing, you know, negotiations. They're going to want people to play by their rules. They're not going to go and honor some contracts that they, they don't have to. The only reason why these movies are being made at Fox, any of the X-Men films, Deadpool included, is because if they do not have a film in active production, they lose the licensing uh, to the property. That's why they made a New Mutants film that you still haven't seen and maybe will never see. I don't know. They have to be actively developing to keep the stuff where they lose it. Hmm. So this is why you got X-Men Apocalypse being made even though they didn't have a script and why you got this movie being made even though they kind of really didn't have a script is they have to keep them in production. Now, I could hear someone on the internet saying, well, you know, Rob, but if Disney's getting the properties back, why would they continue making things? Because that's how businesses work. They cannot operate as though uh, someone else is going to take over. It's like this, Brandon. When you put in your two weeks, you can't just go to work and not fucking do your job. Right? (laughs) Do you understand? They can sue you for that. You know? Yeah. They still have shareholders, they still have whatever, and if someone's out there actively sabotaging their business before someone else takes over, then they can be held accountable. So they all have to do their jobs until their jobs aren't there anymore. That's how it works. Um, Now, as for whether this film's super successful, they never look at individual films being successful. They tend to look at two things. The overall length of the property and success of the property over time. Has the property sold more or less over time? Because if it sold more over time, but the last movie didn't do so well, then they can correct it. That means there's a demand, but they didn't execute this individual situation uh, on the best level. I would Mm -hmm. say Transformers is probably a good example of that, where even though they haven't executed the last three films very well, judging by the response on the last Transformers trailer, right? There's uh-huh. still demand so long as they make the right kind of Transformers, right? Right. So, as opposed to, say, uh, Ghostbusters, which has made less and less money every time they made a movie, and at this point, if you heard there was another Ghostbusters movie in production, you'd probably just groan, right? Right. So, we leave the Ghostbusters to the Stranger Things kids at this point. And don't think that they didn't, you know, appreciate that merchandise. So, the other thing is merchandise. Uh, how well has X-Men merchandise sold? And the answer for that is not much because they don't allow the movie merchandise to really be made. Hmm. So the only thing they've given approvals to for merchandise is things that they would not have to pay Fox for, which uh, is artwork that Marvel Comics owns, like the 90s X-Men art. That's why when you go to Target, you got a nice Jim Lee t-shirt right there. You don't see uh, you don't see old man Logan with Hugh Jackman's face anywhere ever, do you? No. Nope. 
because they're not going to pay Fox anything. So Disney doesn't care about losing theoretical toy rights to a bunch of movies that they don't, you know. Plus, who knows if that IP is co-owned by somebody? Like, what if Brian Singer's production company, Bat Hat Harry, owns some sort of IP deal and a weird, vague con? They're going to want to create a universe where they own everything 100% for certain. Right, and they can do whatever they want with it. doesn't matter if this makes $2 billion. That's called life, folks. So, so the if, world doesn't care about the that possible money. They care about just having creative control over everything moving forward. Because they know X Men's going to sell for the next hundred years, so they don't care about whatever's trending now. They care about the long term, right? Which is a smart right. place to be in, right? Because you don't want right. to. If you're only trying to go what's going to sell now, that's how you end up with like fifteen Mighty Ducks movies. You know, they <laughs> you know, like four of them, man. So you know, it's not good. Don't you be bad mouthing Mighty Ducks, mm-hmm, knuckle mm-hmm. puck for life, son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that what your wife calls you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, um, so yeah. Now, as for the quality of the trailer, I put it right in the same camp as X Men Apocalypse. People yeah. like that trailer too. Remember all the costumes are comic booky. Oh, there's Psylocke. Ah, I don't really like uh, Age. I don't like Apocalypse, but you know, still everything else looks pretty good. Movie was a steaming pile of nonsense. Right. Kyle was there for that. We saw it together. And the same people are in charge of this film that were in charge of the last one. So I have, I think the real interesting thing for me is so at the end of that trailer, it just says Dark Phoenix and the X has the X Men symbol. Yeah. I wonder how many normal people out there are going to think this is just a film about a new character named Dark Phoenix. That right. Even though they see the X-Men in it, they're going to think, like Deadpool, this is like a female-driven superhero film with some X-Men characters as a cameo. Right. It's not being called X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's just being called Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So, hmm. Hmm. And then I know today the, the dates got pushed back, right? It's, now, this is weird. So today, they pushed the date of Alita Battle Angel from... Uh, December 20th, something like that, to Valentine's Day. And then on Valentine's Day, Dark Phoenix was supposed to come out. That's being moved out to July because July was the spot that the Gambit movie was supposed to release, but they've never made that. So now they've pushed it back another year, which that movie's never getting made. Um, And no word about New Mutants. (laughs) No word about New Mutants. Um, But I, I think some people on the internet were saying that well, this must be a sign that Darth Phoenix is doing really well because uh, they're going to release it in the summer. I'm like, they released Age of Apocalypse like in May, the last time it came out. You know, like they, mm-hmm. this is nothing. No, they'll they'll release a turd in the middle of the summer. I, I submit to you, X Men Three: The <laughs> Last Stand to blow, to blow in the wind. Yeah, so I submit to you, The Last Stand, which was the last time they did this Dark Phoenix saga. Look, I just I don't care for the singer versus X Men anymore. To me, Logan and the first Deadpool movie were a good way out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, from here on out, I'm just biding my time until Feige and them get a hold of the, the stuff and hopefully get the Russo. That's my pick. Get the Russo brothers when they're done with all the shit to right. uh, start a mutant universe, you know. And that mutant universe can exist in an alternate dimension if they don't want it to exist in the current MCU dimension. And I've heard people like Campia and 
some of the Clatter guys say, well, that could never happen because they would never do that. I'm like, this is a, this is a, a company that, that has a talking raccoon and, and a planet as a giant head. Don't tell me, you know, like, they already have multiple right. dimensions with Doctor Strange and they just dusted half the fucking known universe. They can create a separate universe with the X-Men in it and it still You're be right. tied into the MCU. They'll tell me they can't do that. You know, they'll do whatever they want to do. And I trust them to because they seem to know what they're doing. They got me giving a shit about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't right. begin to tell you in the 90s how I just only even knew about the book because Jim Valentino joined Image. And I was like, who the fuck is Jim Valentino? What is, uh, you know, was it a Silverhawk? What's it? Shadowhawk. Shadowhawk, yeah. I was like, all right. So it looks like, you know, a cross between Asbats and Wolverine. I know, Asbats, right? So um, it was before Asbats. So I would say, I didn't even say Asbats. I think at the time I was Iron Man and like Wolverine or something like that. But um, later on, I'd come to kind of look like Asbats. But. But I didn't know who Jim Valentino was. And so I asked my comic book shop guy in town. I'm like, who's Jim Valentino? He says, oh, he writes uh, and draws Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, what's that? He showed it to me. I'm like, that looks horrible. Like, <laughs> it was not my kind of art, Brandon. You know? I think that would be fair to say. It didn't look very good. And so I couldn't figure out how that guy was in the same league as Jim Lee and Silvestri and McFarlane and Eric Larson. You know, I couldn't figure out the math. Um, Come to find out, he's a really good dude, you know? And he had a ton of experience in indie comics, so he actually made a lot of sense. So I I get it. But I didn't care for that comic. Uh, But I care about those characters now, and that's only because of the fucking movies. So (laughs) what did you think of the trailer? Uh, it looked exactly like X-Men 3 to me, it, to the point where it's like, okay, uh, Professor X did some kind of brainwashing on Jean, so she forgets that she was a troubled, crazy little shit. Somewhat, one of the X-Men dies because there's a funeral scene. Some of the X-Men join Magneto's side. Some of them stay with Xavier. And again, Magneto brushes off his helmet that he always seems to lose after every fucking movie. <laughs> He literally, I mean, it was like in the trailer, he's, he's taking the helmet out, he unwraps it from a cloth, and puts it back on. Like, dude, just put it up next to your TV, or uh, next to your lamp, or your bedstand, like your iPhone. He should get like it. Everybody else. He should get know, one of those little baby straps. You know, the baby straps from right. Hangover? And just put the I mean, helmet in it. You know, the one you wear just, on your chest? Yeah, I mean, or something, because it's like, really, oh, you put, it, you put it away for the last time, huh? And then he pulls it out. It's like, those action movies, like, oh, you know, the guy grabs a sword or his gun. He's like, it looks like I have to go one more battle or one more round with so-and-so. It's like, really, Magneto, you got to brush your helmet off again, which also changed. It looks different. It's like black with sharper edges. I'm like, okay, how many times is this helmet going to change? But obviously, because they got to make more money, toys, movies, etc. So you got to change the look. And again, nobody's aged. It's another couple of years, and nobody's. <laughs> well, aged. they're definitely more like the comic book, where it's another ten years and no one's aged. So yeah, from right, that, right? <laughs> from that, you gotta you gotta be fair on that one. They're definitely pulling a comic book thing there. Yeah. yeah. So but the kids just, are still in high school. That's what I don't understand. 
It's like, <laughs> are they? No well, they're at the school. Going on. Yeah, they're at the school. They it's haven't the aged summer. a bit, you know. So it's, it's a, like, <laughs> it's a really bad summer camp, is what it is. It's not a school. It's not like they really like, like who's gonna go to like a job interview and they're like, oh, I see here you graduated from the Professor Xavier Special Kids School. Well, that was my idea for Deadpool too. That there would be this like detention for mutants that got in trouble, uh-huh. and Deadpool had to teach the class. That's oh, they could call themselves instead of the X Fist Club, he'd call them where the X Force. Like, and it'd be all these delinquents like Breakfast Club, but they're mutants. They got you know, and then right. <laughs> and they had to get around like, and then you know, like anything else, Deadpool joins them in their cause, you know, and they have to get around Colossus and you know, try to find a way to save the world and stay and in like detention. Sneaking out in the middle of the night and he drops his gun. Yeah, yeah, like that was my and it, so it'd be somewhere between the Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and the Raid. Because I always have to work the raid in, Brandon. Yeah, I was going you know? like, to like, hey, they're remaking The Lion King. They should actually use influences from the raid in that. <laughs> yeah, they should. I would love to see the lion have to fight the baseball bat chick, you know? <laughs> like, the lion's got a baseball bat, and that would be awesome. Like, a little knife fight between the, the uh, uh, what's it, uh, Rafiki? Is it Rafiki? <laughs> <laughs> the little monkey's got One, a knife. The, the monkey has the hammers, like the hammer girl. And mm-hmm. He's in the past! Boosh! You know? <laughs> the lion raid. Oh, God. Hmm. Why do I... I, don't, I don't Kyle says Hellboy uh, got pushed back by three months also. I don't know what that means. Hellboy, the Hellboy movie. No, Hellboy. I know, but I don't know what to read by that other than, okay. No. I don't know. I, I don't like that pick they put out, but I've yet to see one ounce of footage. Yeah, nothing. But, I mean, just to go back to the Dark Phoenix, because it the, caught me off guard with the Hellboy thing, but uh, it just, nothing about it looked original or new or fun. It just looked like the X-Men. Well, another depressing X-Men Yeah, tone. another sad, depressing tone. Even the music was sad. I was like, oh, my goodness. You like how they you use know? music again? Yeah. It's like so, that Logan trailer took off, and now they all got to find a song to. Yeah, and right? so I'm just like, I don't, I just don't care. After they ruined my favorite villain ever, which is Apocalypse, you know. They should have asked Zack Snyder to direct this film, since right. they already got the Why gloom not? and the music. Just, can Why you not? direct this one? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it just. <sighs> It's just nothing about it makes me go like, oh, I gotta go see that. You know, I'm just like, we've seen this story. She, she's, she's forgotten about her past because a professor lied, and then she acts out, kills one of the X Men, and then, and the only difference is this one doesn't have Wolverine killing her in it that we know of. I just like how they, there's a formula. Like they find some '80s song that used to be upbeat and they play it really slow and over dramatized like this is the world we live in these are the hands we're given and then that could choir oh keep going I don't know the remainder lyrics right yeah. But yeah, it just yeah. I don't care. I just want it to be over with. Right? Marvel. <laughs> just put it out, do badly, get bad reviews, and then back to Marvel. Judging by the trailer, I think they want it to be over with. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, we need to just get this out of here. 
stay out of Gene Gray versus X-Men again. It's all falling apart. I don't know when it was ever getting going together. I don't know when they were all hanging out. We didn't even get the mall scene in the last movie. That's the only reason why I went to that movie, was to see an 80s mall, and they cut it out. <laughs> I'm told it's on the home video release, but I refuse to give them money. No, so. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, Kyle says, supposedly the Hellboy trailer drops at New York Comic Con. And? Oh. Crickets? <laughs> Crickets? So at least we'll get some viewing of it. Hmm. And we'll talk about it. I don't know. Hmm. I got nothing on it. It's interesting. Oh, there'll be something to talk as As, uh... They say in the Phantom Menace, there's nothing to talk about until there's something to talk about. Right? That's what the Nemodian said. <laughs> we have nothing to talk about until we have something to talk about. <laughs> Yay, Phantom Menace. Because George Lucas didn't ruin Star Wars, right? And I was just trucking along. <sighs> what else we got, Brandon? Um... Let's see. What can I ask? Can you make up right now because you didn't write anything down? No, I have I have topics, but they're just kind of mm-hmm. they're a little little sad. Um, oh. <laughs> one of my questions was, you know, it kind of goes along with that commission that we regret, but uh, was uh, I wanted to, I was going to ask you last week uh, for some reason what was your lowest point as an artist and how you pushed through it. My lowest point as an artist. Yeah, like your lowest. To the point where maybe you thought about giving up on art. When Josh or... stole all my money. <laughs> that that's the lowest. That would be the lowest point as far as everything. Dude, you know how much money that was? Twenty thousand. You know how much I had in savings? Two thousand. Huh? Twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah. I was saving up for a down payment on a home and a wedding. Well, Rob, how did you push through it? I got the work done and got a job and put off finishing Game Cave until, you know, it's still not done. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had a second round of is it. That, is, huh? That, huh? is that when you went back to Sea Life or no? Wait. That's when I went to Sea Life. To Sea Life. Yeah. That's I turned right. down the Sea Life job in September of that year. And then after all that shit went down, I begged to have that job back, and luckily the guy who took the job, for some reason, quit to go to work for another competitor. He was just closer to his house. It was a little bit of a drive for him. So the art director looked at it and said, all right, we can start you, like, in March. Sometimes they make you fired late. from Sea Life, right? Uh, I, not from Sea Life. I got fired. Well, I mean, I got fired from Sea Life, but it was because <laughs> Marvel complained about Right, that's when my competitor complained to Marvel. To Marvel complained to them. They're in the same building, and they didn't want to hear about Marvel complaining about an artist on that they don't know, and so they let me go. Yeah, and that was the day before you you went to one of the biggest cons with me, I believe. Literally, it was the day before. Yeah, <laughs> you show up, you're like, "Hey, man!" I'm Literally little, five p.m. that day. A little low today. I'm like, "What's wrong?" And you're like, "I just got fired." I'm we like, we oh, shit. we left four hours later to drive up there. <laughs> Uh, Kyle says, how about the time you got carpal tunnel? That seems like a fairly low point. He, I didn't, he didn't ask me what were all my low points were. He said my lowest. Well, let's, just, let's find out some of the low points. Why not? Well, that wasn't a low point. That was just, you know, I, maybe I can't actually do this anymore because, you know, everything I've ever trained for and wanted to do 
can't be done. I mean, what, what do you do then when you can't physically do it? So that just seemed more like a problem solving. Okay, so if I'm having carpal, what do I need to do to solve that? What is giving me carpal tunnel? Well, drawing really clean with the pencil and pressing too hard is an issue. So I always knew about the Cintiq and I had put it off forever. And finally, I'm like, I'm going to get a Cintiq because then I can control the pressure. Right? Right. Right. So, um, and I need to limit how much I'm doing this. And so, and I need to work out my hand, but it was the pressure. 99% of it was just pressing too hard when I draw. So I've not had carpal tunnel since. I get a little bit of it when I have to use the mouse, like I have to click an illustrator or, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm, sometimes when I'm doing selections and text stuff like in InDesign, you know. But that's because I have to use a mouse. Anytime I start using a mouse for an extended period of time, I get it there. Um, but then I ran into a problem when I was using the Cintiq. I was leaning on my left arm when I was drawing just because, mm-hmm. you know, you're just chilling out. And I didn't realize I was putting a ton of pressure on my left arm. So I tore my rotator cup. I mean, the kind of pain, you know, the kind of pain, Brandon, where your arm just keeps you up all night in pain. Yeah. You ever have any of that? Yeah. Took me a year to fix that. So I started drawing with my left arm, like hanging down. Um, and then I'd only bring it up to use the keypad, but yeah. So, but all these things I've managed, these are solvable, you know, but uh-huh. to oh, to oh, plus the public failure and the angry people, and, you know, the public shame. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I may get some people now who complain that the power prints too, take too long. And I, and I agree, but we all agree, hey, we all picked shit for me to do, so we're all sort of culpable for this one. Right. You know, you can pick from any of the prints that are currently done, and I will ship it. You know, <laughs> but if you want to wait, then we just we just gotta learn. You know, have you right. seen me do another power print since? Nope. But what Josh was doing was putting up more power prints to earn more money. To it's it's not good. It's not a good place to be. So whatever. But I just finally earned enough money to print and ship Game Cave. Now I can finish the book. So. Yeah. I refuse to put. A tremendous amount of time making a book I couldn't print or ship, you know, only right. because I could continue to work the story and figure it out. So until I knew I had the money, there was just no point. And now I physically have the funds to do it. So I mean, I had to work almost an entire year, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Save every dime of it to do that. But yeah, yeah. it's not good. But yeah, yeah. you got it done. This wasn't. Do we have to always bring out my failures, guys? Guys, so you know this. Have you seen the picture of me on this podcast? <laughs> Does that look like this is a podcast of extreme success? <laughs> Obviously. Look at me. I'm right there. <laughs> that little icon, I love it. Like I, I made I changed over all the icons on Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. They all have that. I think the DeviantArt app changed over. But um and so now anywhere I'm in the house. And like the YouTube's on the TV, I see that little guy frowning, and I'm like, I love that. Like that just <laughs> like if you're watching some stupid shit, you know, but you got my icon open, like I'm like uh, right. judging, you know. <laughs> Always judging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else, Brandon? It's true. It's true. Uh... What else? What other drama can you conjure up? 
Come on, you wanted to do a weekly podcast. Fucking talk. What do you got? Okay. One more question, Rob. Growing up as an American artist, influenced by Asian art and Italian art, what did that teach you about art as a hobby and as a profession? How was I influenced by Italian art? You love Italian art. You're always talking about it. I'm talking about French. Okay, French. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Oof. Let me just. just You imagine the French Rocky, you know? (laughs) My my American ego and go, whatever, Italian spaghetti, French fries, whatever. I didn't get to come appreciate French cartoonists until uh, the late 90s with Oban Star Racers. You ever seen that? So they made this cartoon that was all CGI but rendered in cell shade called Oban Star Racers. And it was like a pod racing cartoon. Like they kind of did pod racing. But it was like an anime. And it had like a little bit of like a Jim Mafood kind of style to the characters. Kind of. Kind of. But like, you know, a chunkier, simplified anime look? Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's how I got into French animation. And then uh, the Triple to Belleville had come out and... You know, eventually Uncommon came out, Dofus and all that stuff. So, um, but what was the question? How did that influence you as an artist, and what did it teach you about art as a hobby compared to a profession? Where you know, in a, in Western culture, they don't really look at as art as a job; they consider it like a hobby. As to where, you know, in Japan, it's like an actual job. Yeah, it's a low-paying job. Right. Um, I mean, look, it taught me that uh, I'm a cartoonist, and uh, this this country hates cartoons. You know, uh, I won't get into it too much, but I'll let you know. Caught a lot of shit for drawing the Transformers and GI Joe cartoony last summer. Really? Yeah, from fans and from people. So, ah, well. People who are above fans on the hierarchy, if you catch my drift. Yeah. So much so, have you seen me do anything Transformers or GI Joe related since? No. But yeah, I wonder why I that is. They were badass. Nope. So. Nope. That's not the word I got. So. <laughs> wow. What it does do, though, is because I've been so aware of these things and I've been pushing for it since you know the mid '80s. <clears throat> when I am in a room of like-minded people, uh, I'm not the least informed person there. You know, mm-hmm. like my the extent of my anime knowledge doesn't start and stop with uh, the last ten years of anime. You know, right? So I can talk about Dirty Pair. You know, I can go back to Star Blazers. You know, I can go further back to Astro Boy. So you know, I can have the conversations. Was never really a big speed racer guy, but I get it. You know, has anybody ever like so your your style has a mix of like anime with mm-hmm. i guess western art and pain. i mean there's definitely there's a definitely yeah. an yeah, tears poverty there's definitely <laughs> an anime feel to it but has anybody ever been like oh you're just trying to copy japanese artists have you get, have you gotten no that? what i do get every now and then like last night i got one where on remember the batman one i did yeah with the gun i got wow. a guy that posted on my deviant this looks exactly like the medsco toy I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but it's a Dark Knight right. Returns. So I just posted a picture from the him with the rifle, you know, and he's got the That's leg right. strap, you know. So I looked at the Mezco toy, and I'm like, other than it's the Dark Knight Returns, I don't see how. He doesn't have a giant cable gun. I drew a three-dimensional chest 
the big black chest. You know what I mean? Like I put right. tons more straps and I don't, I don't, I mean, my stuff looks like toys. I'll give you that, you know, like that's totally intentional because it's the only way I can enjoy drawings. And it's like, I don't collect a ton of action figures. So I try to draw action figures. That makes me right. feel like I'm playing with toys rather than I'm stuck here trying to illustrate life. I don't like life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very Thanos, you know? I like a limited amount of life. You know? There you go. That's why my stuff's cartoony. But, I mean, I don't know. I've been trying to find a way just to make the cartoons... Uh, uh, what do you call that? Responsible? Uh-huh. In terms of time, you know? Time. So, if I only drew, I'd get a lot more done. But, you know? Yeah. Not the case. So, whatever. But, I mean, it's it's just... It was weird because I've never completely played in the anime camp. Never completely played in the American camp. I had this blend. So, what happens is, is I end up with the set of people that only really kind of want the American style. Don't get why I put that animation stuff in there. Then I get the mm-hmm. people who want more of the anime stuff, but don't understand why my stuff has, like, an American vibe to it, too. And then I get a very small select people who get it. You know? Right. Which further proves something I learned from watching 10 years of MasterChef Australia is uh, don't put two things on the plate. If you put two <laughs> things on the plate, you're giving them the option to hate one of them and like the other. Right. If you really want to be a successful artist, play in one camp. You know? But I'm not trying to be successful. So here we go, right? <laughs> I'm still stubborn. I think I, I could still somehow make it all work. You know? Yes. But I mean, like, look, I did those turtles, you know? I was trying. One of my favorite turtle artists is Trent Kanuga. You know who that guy is? Uh-uh. So he did a book called Creed back in the uh, 90s when he was 15, had a bit of like a McFarlane meets kind of like Humberto Ramos street style. And he was, Wizard made a big deal out of him because he was 15 years old drawing his own comic. And a good artist. He works at Blizzard now. And he did this Creed Turtles mashup uh, crossover. Uh, And I was like, oh, I can't wait. It was hard sometimes to read what he was drawing, but I really liked it. I always kind of liked his turtles. So when I went and did those Turtles illustrations a few years back, I was like, I definitely want to kind of invoke some of those shapes, you know, what he was trying to do like with the McFarlane, but I want to make it a little bit more cleaner. And, and uh, man, I could tell you, people who own those turtles licenses do not appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it at all. So I've yet to impress comic book publishers with any of my work, you know. So. Get your shit together, Rob. Better you know, you know, I'm finding the less my shit is together, the better off I am as a person. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, the cartoons did nail me a position in. It was funny. The last time I took a job interview at a t-shirt company, it was you know a company called Jinx. That was, it? yes. Yeah, they do the t-shirts. They, they, were, they did the geeky stuff. It was yeah. like geek shirts. They still do, but you know they've they've had some financial issues the past couple years, but. So, when I got laid off from Sea Life, um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to retire from shirts, I think, and go work at Walmart, and then finish Game Cave, and try to rebuild my career on the, you know, concentrating on comics, you know, or my own comics, or whatever. Right. And literally, I was. You, you saw it. I was like, I'm just going to get a job, like, at a hotel or somewhere where I can just get a steady paycheck, and then focus on my own shit, you know? And so, because, um, folks, I don't care about being 
professional, you know? I just care that I'm not wasting my time drawing things that I hate. Right. So, but a job interview had just posted open at Jinx, and Jinx was a company that I had wanted to work at back in 2008. They were like, if I worked for any teacher company, that'd be a place I'd want to go work, because I liked their CEO, which I knew from Play, and I liked their, they have a really cool building and their atmosphere and vibe and stuff, so I'm like, I'll at least apply to this, you know? So I applied, mm-hmm. and they gave me a job interview, and they brought me in, and, you know, I had I had my t-shirts up on their projection, they had all my art portfolios out, it was like maybe nine people in this room, you know, not yeah. including me, and, you know, they gave me the full interview, and they were like, you know, asking me what my plans were for, you know, outside of work, you know, and I was showed them Game Cave and what I was working on, and, you know, I said, you know, my... You know, in, in internally within t-shirts, you know, I want to help develop new talent. You know what I mean? Kind of like help them to not make the mistakes I've made, kind of help grow. And right. you know what I mean? Like, like be a mentor and then help push things forward in that way, you know? Um, and then outside of work, like I just want to do this other stuff. And then the CEO of the company looks at me and goes, why don't you just work for a game company? And I'm like, that's never good at a job interview. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know too many game companies that are making 90s era characters you know like my stuff is very 90s i kind of have that you know if we're 1997 i definitely think i could have found somewhere to work but these days they want you to model and do textures and right. it's very realistic it's all first person shooters for the most part or you know triple a realistic games i don't really see where there's those opportunities you know so you know what i mean like in lieu of that I've come to enjoy making t-shirts. And I do. You've seen me work on t-shirts. I've, I didn't complain one day about the work. You know, it's no. like, no. I just happily go about the business. They're like a, it's like puzzle solving, like Sudoku for me. T-shirts, like puzzle solving. Um, but I made that statement. Nerd. I know. And then here I am working on mascot-driven <laughs> video game company stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, All right. It took four years, but I somehow lucked into that one. You know, so I guess if you keep putting out a certain type of thing, eventually, if you're good enough, they might find you, right? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe someone please, someone please find me. Someone please please hire the potato to do something. (laughs) What if you got hot? What if what if IGN wanted you to come on as the mega potato and you had to wear the suit and a cape and a big potato suit? And am I getting paid good? And you had to talk. Well, you're getting paid what you're getting paid now. But you had to come out and go on camera and talk about comedy. Yeah. 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 In a giant potato suit. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, 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 if you paid me, I would do the whole. I would do it right now in the potato suit. I do. A, we we if we wanted to. I don't know who would be interested in this. Who's watching right now between Kyle, Johnny Cook, and Hector? But if you made me a potato suit and you paid me per cast, I. Potato, uh, Mega Potato would do weekly reviews on comics, movies, trailers. I'd wear the potato suit. I'd eat a potato. I don't give a shit. If I'm getting paid and I'm getting paid well enough, I don't care. I'll do it. At this point in my life as a failing artist, I'll do what it takes to put food in my dog's plate and shelter over my wife's head. I don't care. So if I'm getting paid for it, yeah, I'll put on a potato suit. I don't give a shit. I've done worse. I don't know what worse I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure 
Uh, Remember that time you had to draw some mermaids? Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I've drawn worse shit that I wouldn't even sign. Mm-hmm. Mm, I remember when you did this Luke Skywalker Blue Lantern thing. <sighs> I just let you fail on, right? Hey, when you need the money, hmm. your and your ego's gone. <laughs> I was almost tempted to pay you to not do it, but I wanted you to suffer. So, fair enough. Good lesson. So, anything else, Brandon? It's been an hour. Are we good? Nope. Just uh, if people want to see me in a potato suit, tell Rob to pay me. Tell Rob? No, I, I don't spend money. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I could get $1. you to do it for free. One dollar, Rob. That's no. all I want from you. No, I'll just dangle a piece of art in front of you. So, not going to happen, Brandon. I don't care. I all, When I think of you, all I see is that cartoon right there. So, I don't really care what you actually wear. So, all right, everybody. That's it. We're going to head out of here. Brandon, where can people go? Who should people harass to help you get into this potato suit? <sighs> Shit, I don't know. But you can help me definitely by following me on Twitch at Mega Potato Show and Instagram at Mega Potato Show. And if anybody knows anybody in any kind of uh, industry-wise, hell, Kyle, if you're in Arizona and you have a potato suit and you want to shoot a side movie of me in a potato suit for the Sketchcraft channel, I'm down. Things like that. So I'm down. Is there a form of like chatterbait for for dudes you can go on there right potato suit and... nobody wants to see me <laughs> that's why that's why i'm a sputter potato on here not a drawn character like you are you're drawn you're right there that's you <laughs> you think you think i see you that's what i see that's what i see when i look at me it's an angry guy with giant eyebrows i don't have as much hair though you know? Oh, well. Anything else, Brandon? No. <laughs> I like how the podcast starts off with you really happy, and then it ends up with that. You know? Like, we've gone through a character arc, you know? <laughs> I have to, you know, after these casts, it takes like an hour and some for it to... Uh, Ingest. Uh, yeah, it has to go into the YouTube process. and set up and process. I mentally have to process maybe it's eat a cookie go to the store <laughs> go to the gym it's i have to i have to process what my life is on a friday night after talking on this cast. we can stop the so. podcast anytime you want brandon i can relieve you i've i've, I've let you quit a few times now want to quit you can quit you know, we're almost running out of time you, you know, gotta answer now quit we're gonna answer you know i'm hooked yeah. Yeah, I'm if you're gonna run out of time, you have to wait till next week to quit if you don't answer now. Shopsketchcraft.com, everyone. Ah, well, I tried. See you next week, folks. Peace. Bye. Bye.